0: All right. Uh, all right. Good morning. <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, good morning again. My name is Satoshi Kawachi. Can you hear me? Vous entendez? Un peu. <laughs> Vous comprenez l'anglais français? Uh, J'ai demandé en fait le robe de traduire mon euh, euh, prédication en français. <laughs> en, en, en fait, on I was going to say, I was going to ask Rob to translate my sermon in English, but he's not here this morning, so unfortunately you are stuck with my English with a Japanese and French accent, so Uh, thank you so much for praying for missionaries, and especially for missionary to Japan also. Uh, So we owe you, I owe you personally, because thanks to your prayers and support for missionaries, To Japan, I came to know the Lord. And also, I owe you a lot, again, for Americans, Christian Americans, uh, American Christians. And uh, thanks to the partnership with the PCA, uh, my wife and I, we served in Africa, and uh, we also served in Quebec. Now, the Craig said, we are now heading to Nice, France to reach Muslims. In uh, France, uh, that's uh, southern France, and Nice, across uh, it- the Italian border. The bad news is this morning is the Craig asked me to preach uh, 25 minutes, uh, 50 seconds. But unfortunately, I also serve in Africa, so <laughs> two hours okay for you guys? <laughs> uh, anyway... Today's uh, message is from Isaiah 55, verses 6 to 13. Let's read the word of God. Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 13. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts, let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him, and to a God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your thought ways, my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For other the rain and the snow come down from heaven. And do not return there but water the earth. Making it bring forth and sprout. Giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. But it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall cut their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the marl. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word. Speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, pray. Amen. In the 1960s, the quiet revolution the Quiet Revolution swept through Quebec's political, religious, and social landscapes. It was technically a nonviolent movement which sought freedom or salvation from moral, social, spiritual bondage imposed by religious and political authorities at the time. It was a cry of the soul to be saved, to be freed, Although the social conditions of the people in Quebec have improved in so many aspects until now, according to a documentary film from 2014, Le Renaufrage, The Fortunate Shipwreck, some of them, some of the Québécois, are now starting to search for salvation in their Christian roots. In other words, The revolution, the quiet revolution wasn't able to offer real salvation to the people of Quebec. In fact, today's passage talks about true, real salvation that God offers. Therefore, let's study the Word of God this morning. First, let's learn how we can receive true, real salvation. Secondly, Let's analyze how we can be reassured. And finally, let's take a look at how we can rejoice over it. Let's start by learning how we can receive a true, real salvation. Let's read Isaiah 55, verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought. Here is a description of the sinful practices of the Israelites in the time of Isaiah. Note also that their actions were well premeditated, recognizing their consequences. In other words, the Israelites at Isaiah's time no longer acknowledged the presence of the Lord to whom they were cannibal for their actions, as we read in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 4. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged in a sense, they have become practicing atheists, as in the case of the majority of the people in Quebec after the quiet revolution. They would, they would likely agree with the fool in Psalm 141, who states, "There is no God." Interestingly enough, one of the songs sung by well-known Quebec musician Charles. Claude Dubois and Charine Dion is entitled, See Dieu Exist. If God exists, if there is no one to whom we are accountable for our actions, we would become masters of the universe. As a result, we try to live as we wish. In fact, such tendency is not only unique to Quebec, but also around the world. Consequently, Many people think that they no longer uh, need salvation, believing that they can save themselves from any bondage. Now, let's look at the results of their efforts. In the case of the Israelites, they became prisoners of their sins as if they were living in darkness, in the darkness, as we read in Isaiah 49.9 saying to the prisoners, come out, to those who are in darkness, appear. In the case of French Canadians, in spite of some improvements in recent years, Quebec is known for their high abortion rates, high divorce rates, high suicide rates in men, and high-risk drinking practices. Although many French Canadians might have thought that they were capable of saving themselves from any bondage, in reality, like many of us, they have become slaves of alcohol, pleasure, and a personal success of a family, as Jesus points out in John 8.34. Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. That's why now some have, some Quebecois have started seeking salvation in their Catholic f- faith, as the film *Le Renouvelage* the fortune shipwreck testifies. However, the Catholic practice of indulgences will never be able to offer true salvation. In fact, since such practice has been observed until 1960, until 19. 19- as recently as 90s, the nineteen sixties, it will always lead French Canadians to despair, as in the case of Martin Luther, the sixteenth century monk who started the Reformation after identifying Catholic Church's misuse and abuse of the false doctrine of indulgence indulgences. Faced with such impossibility. Isaiah invites the Israelites to a true salvation, as we read in Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. However, why is he able to invite them to such salvation? It is because the Lord will surely take care of of their sins in order to offer true salvation or perfect forgiveness of their sins, as we read in Isaiah 55, verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. If such complete forgiveness of sins were not possible, Isaiah would have never invited them to return to the Lord in order to be received. Now, how can God take care of those sins? It's by sending Jesus, His only begotten Son, in order to have Him pay the price of the sins of His people by His death on the cross, as we read Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, since the forgiveness of sins is currently made possible by Jesus, those who believe in him will be saved from their sins, as we read in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's why Isaiah invites the Israelites and all of us to return to the Lord and call on his name in order to be saved, as we read in verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Therefore, let's return. Let's repent. Let's go back to the Lord Jesus who invites us to a true, real salvation from our sins. Let's accept his invitation by believing in him who has already taken care of our sins by his death on the cross to pay the price by suffering from the judgment and the punishment that we ourselves deserved? In this way, we can be truly saved, freed from our sins. In this way, we can always enjoy a life forgiven and freed from the bondage of our sins. Since Jesus saves all who call upon his name by faith, we can always enjoy true salvation by believing in Him as Savior from our sins. Secondly, let's analyze how we can be assured of true salvation. When Samaria, the capital of Israel's northern kingdom, fell by the Assyrians in 723 BC, the Israelites were supposed to witness the consequence of their sins, as we read in Isaiah 28, verse 1, a proud crown crown of the drunkards of Ephraim, northern kingdom, and the fading flower of its glorious beauty. Furthermore, the people in Judah, southern kingdom, had to also learn the consequence of their own sins, which would one day be realized, like the fall of Jerusalem, and uh, Babylonian exile, as we read in Isaiah 5, verse 13. Therefore, my people go into exile for lack of knowledge. Their own men go hungry, and their multitude is parched with thirst. Therefore, although some Israelites find the invitation to a true salvation, authentic faith, With the judgment as a consequence of their sins, it is possible some some of them might have doubted if they could really enjoy a life truly forgiven and freed from bondage. That's why Israel often wondered if God could really forgive them faced with their tendency to repeat their sins as we read in Psalm 85.5. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? It is also the question that Apostle Paul posed during his constant battle against sin as we read Romans 7, 24. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God. In my inner being, but I see my members, another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death. Therefore, in a sense, we can never understand perfectly how God can again and again forgive us of our past sins, current sins, and even future sins. However, everything is possible for the Lord, as we read in Mark 10, 26, 27. And they were exceedingly, exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. That's why God reminds the Israelites that His way of taking care of their sins is different from the way that they think. As we read in verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declares the Lord. In fact, the religious leaders and the biblical scholars of Jesus' day were so ignorant of his way that they rejected Jesus and had him executed on the cross as a criminal as we read in Matthew 21, 42. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. However, All who believe in him can trust in his power and in his method revealed in the word of God. Although they might not understand 100% how. For example, as soon as Adam and Eve failed in the Garden of Eden, the Lord already announced that he would take care of their sins by the descendants of Eve, Jesus, who would destroy Satan and his work while he, Jesus himself, would suffer temporality from Satan's attack on the cross. As we read Genesis 3.15, I, I would put enmity between you, Satan, and woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, Jesus. He, Jesus, shall bruise your head, and you sh- shall bruise his heel, in fact. This word of God was exactly accomplished on the cross 2,000 years ago. That's why the Lord reassures the Israelites and asks also how much we can trust in His word and His promises as we read in verse 11. So shall my word be that goes goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. If that's the case, how can we be reassured in order to enjoy a life forgiven and free from the bondage of our past sins, current sins and struggles, and the future possible sins? Let's read in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 26. For then he would have to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, He has appeared once and for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. In other words, since Jesus offered Himself as the Lamb of God, a perfect sacrifice for our sins once and for all on the cross, those who believe in Him will enjoy forever a life forgiven and freed from bondage, as we read in John 18 Whoever believes in him is not condemned. You see, this is the word of God and his promise for those who believe in him. Therefore, let's believe in God for whom everything is possible. As created created beings, let's acknowledge his profound wisdom, his wonderful power, and his vast love towards us. By humbly acknowledging, recognizing our incapacity to 100% understand how and why He saves us. Let's trust in His method revealed in the Word of God by believing in Jesus as the Lamb of God who already took care of our past sins, current sins, and future sins once and for all. In this way, we can Always be reassured by true salvation. In this way, we can enjoy a life forgiven and freed from the bondage of our past sins, present sins, and future sins. Since Jesus saves all who call upon his name by faith, we can always enjoy true salvation by trusting in the word of God and in his promises. And finally... Let's look at how we can rejoice in true salvation. Let's read in Isaiah 55, verse 12. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. This is a description of the joyful return of the Israelites from exile, which was realized roughly 110 years later. However, at the time of the return to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, some of those returnees will be discouraged by what they will see, what they rebuilt, as we read in Ezra 3.12. But many of the priests and the Levites and the heads of the fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, first temple, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of the house being laid, though many shouted aloud for joy. This means, this shows that those historical, victorious, and saving events in the Old Testament, such as the Exodus, the conquest of the promised land, and David's victories are only a shadow of the salvation that Jesus accomplishes in our lives. And and the universe. That's why Isaiah describes such salvation with a language of joy and celebration, as we read in verse 12. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace, the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. In fact, joy is what salvation brings to our lives. The celebration is a natural response to salvation. However, for many, the Christian life oftentimes becomes a routine as we check off our to-do list. During a time in Quebec, our parishioners sometimes shared with me how exhausting it had been to offset their sins, sins with their with good works in order to receive indulgences when they had been practicing Catholicism. According to them, it was a life without joy. In fact, I myself lived such a life when I was trying to obtain God's favor with my many religious activities such as mechanically attending worship service, mechanically reading the Bible, sharing the gospel, and praying. However, with regard to this salvation, it is a matter of joy as we read in 1 Peter verse, chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do, not know, you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. If that's the case, why do we underestimate salvation? It's because we do not really experience the power of the gospel as we read in Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It is because we don't daily experience its real power which renews us which forgives us as we read in second corinthians 5:17 therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come in other words if we unite ourselves to jesus by faith we always live with him who transforms us who forgives us as we read in second uh, galatians Chapter chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In this way, our taste changes, our behavior changes, and our interest changes. As a result, little by little, Our life will be filled with joy and hope in spite of our failures. In fact, that's not all. In this way, we become a part of the renewal of the universe which was made possible by Jesus as we read in Romans 8, verses 19 and 21. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For creation was subjected to futility, not, unw- not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that creation itself would be set free it from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. That's why Isaiah talks about the celebration and the renewal of the universe when salvation is completely realized as we read in Isaiah 55, verses 12. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the f- clap of the hands. In other words, the more we proclaim the gospel, the more the life of those who believe in Jesus will be forgiven to transform The more we experience such forgiveness and transformation, the more we enjoy a true salvation. The more we proclaim the gospel in the world, the more the nations and all the universe will celebrate this salvation and its Savior who rules over the universe. As we read in Psalm 67 verse 4, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. During a time in Quebec, we were able to witness this cycle of blessings by the gospel. As a missionary preacher, I have given the highest priority to preaching the gospel. All the sermons that I preached were centered on the crucified Christ, that is, gospel. Furthermore, as I started preaching the gospel regularly, roughly 15 Christian musicians joined our church. Some of those are music, musical teachers, and a couple of them are internationally known professional musicians. Therefore, at our the Sunday morning worship service, we were always privileged to foretaste the eternal celebration of salvation, by being reminded of what Christ has done for us on the cross, by calling upon his name, by uniting ourselves to him by faith, by experience, experiencing the forgiveness of our sins, by being renewed and transformed into his image, and finally by glorifying his name with exceptional, joyful praise music, as we did this morning. To further elaborate, Here's an email message from a member of a church that I received after one of our special Sunday worship services during a time in Quebec. Quote, dimanche, c'était une très spéciale. Yes, last Sunday, it was a very special worship service. Un moment, je me suis dit, at one moment, I said to myself, Ça goûte ciel. This is a taste of heaven va certainement être comme ça au ciel, et peut-être même plus beau encore, avec tous les merveilleux chants, les anges, les divers instruments de musique, de l'harmonie parfaite qui règne. Ah, ça donne le goût d'y aller. Trouvez-vous, Dieu nous fait goûter des petits bouts du ciel sur la terre. It will definitely be like this in heaven. No, no, probably more beautiful with all the wonderful singing, the angels, all kinds of musical instruments, and the perfect chorus that will fill the heavens. Ah, this gives us an urge to go there. Don't you agree? God allows us to taste little bits of heaven on earth, unquote. Therefore, let's experience for ourselves by the transforming power of the gospel by believing that we have been crucified with Christ on the cross. Let's experience for ourselves the joy that freed, forgiven, transformed, and renewed life can bring to us. Let's proclaim the gospel in the world by us going out and by sending missionaries, as we read in Romans 10, 14, 15. How then would they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent, as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. In this way, the lives of those who hear the gospel will be forgiven, transformed, and renewed. In this way, they will enjoy true salvation. In this way, the entire world will celebrate this salvation by glorifying the Lord, as we read in verse 12. The, verse 12: the mountains and hills uh, for you shall go out in joy and be led forth by in peace. The mountains and hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Since Jesus saves all who call upon his name by faith, we can always rejoice over true salvation with those whose lives are renewed and transformed by the power of the gospel in the world. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. May the nations rejoice by the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, pray. Amen.